0: Hello everybody, James Fairchild here, and welcome to the third episode of my podcast. This week we're going to be thinking about apprenticeships. Let me say first of all that apprenticeships are a viable option for all businesses, regardless of size and industry, and indeed there's a variety of different topics from art studies to zoology. Well, okay, there isn't actually one called Aardvark Studies, but there's Accountancy and several other topics that begin with A. And for Zoology, there really are courses involving animals. Before we get into the topic, shout out first of all to David, who, who gave me the inspiration for this particular topic. Suggested that it would be most useful to him to know a little about how an apprentice or an apprenticeship could work within his business. Also, tip of the week, which is one of mine actually, but this comes from Avanti West Coast, the new operator of the former Virgin Trains uh, from London Euston uh, up the West Coast line. To Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool, uh, a few other places, all the way up to Glasgow. If one buys a standard class ticket and any time ticket, so one that you can use any time of day, specifically morning in the morning peak, they have a an offer whereby if you travel maybe on your return journey or whichever way around, at the weekend, you get a free upgrade to standard class. Uh, I often use that uh, railway company if I'm traveling to the NEC in Birmingham for a a trade show or something similar, exhibition, what have you, Um, often I'll need to arrive on a Thursday or Friday for the start of the day so be traveling well into the peak so if i then return on saturday or sunday i can travel in first class at no extra cost so thank you to the avanti west coast team for confirming to me that that arrangement is still in place right let's get straight into the topic of apprenticeships so you may well have heard about the apprenticeship levy. This is something that applies to certain businesses, and essentially, if you have a payroll bill of over £3 million per annum, you pay 0.5%, half a percent of that amount over to the government as your apprenticeship levy payment. There is an allowance of £15,000, so if we take a payroll bill of £3 million, 0.5% of that would work out at £15,000, but because there's an allowance of £15,000, uh, businesses with a payroll of £3 million or less would pay nothing, zero. For example, if your payroll bill was £4 million, half a percent of that would be £20,000, but you've again got the £15,000 allowance to factor in, so your apprenticeship levy payments would be £5,000. There are special rules for companies that are part of a group, uh, and indeed companies who have more than one payroll scheme. So if any of that applies to yourself, do look into the specifics. As I said, (laughs) apprenticeships can be offered in a wide range of subjects. It's certainly not the traditional construction type uh, apprenticeships of of the past. You can uh, do an apprenticeship in accountancy, and I have taught... uh, Accountancy to apprentices at a couple of different organisations. There are a number of apprenticeship, apprenticeships around the traditional trades, but there's also legal apprenticeships, HR apprenticeships, and more general office administration or office manager apprenticeship, as well as things, as I said earlier, involving veterinary type things with animals almost you name it, there will be an apprenticeship for it. So how might one fund the cost of an apprentice and the training, the the apprenticeship that, that that person will need? Well, as I said, if you are a business who does pay the apprenticeship levy, you have effectively a pot of money which you can use you don't have to use it it uh, it will disappear after two years. I strongly recommend you use it if you have one, but you have a pot of money that you can use to train one several however many apprenticeships apprentices you can you can justify having in your business if in a particular month there is insufficient money in your levy pot, it's possible that the government will give some further money and this would be split 5% your business and 95% government funds. So that's clearly a good thing for businesses. There are different financial levels for each course uh, and they're different. For example, whether it's a 12 month apprenticeship. An 18-month apprenticeship and so on. Uh, if whatever provider you have chosen does go over the level for a particular course, you as a business would need to cover the excess, the top-up yourself. There are a number of different apprenticeship organisations that one could partner with. Many of the traditional colleges in your town and cities will offer apprenticeship uh, service, quite possibly a mixture of recruiting, so finding new people, and facilitating the day release and the assessment side of things as well. A couple of shout-outs in particular to a couple of businesses where I know there are good people, who can uh, look after both you as a business and The Apprentice. So shout out to Hull Business Training College, shout out to the National Business College, Huddersfield, and a shout out to the Skills Network in Selby. It may well be that your town has a successful private sector provider, such as the, the three i have uh, I've just named, Obviously, if they are new to you, do some some due diligence, do some research, speak to other people, go visit, see what you think. Again, there are many, many towns will have a a private uh, apprenticeship provider in addition to any sort of college offering that there may be. So, who can be an apprentice? The short answer in general is anybody. There are no longer age limits. So it may be, for example, if you run a a small uh, business, uh, it may be that you want your spouse to do some work in the business and you decide that it's effective to put him or her on a particular apprenticeship. We'll leave, as an aside, whether working with family is a good idea for the moment. And that's perhaps a topic for a a future podcast, maybe incorporating divorce or something. But anybody essentially can be an apprentice. Uh, There is a clause around if somebody has already either received an apprenticeship at a particular level or some other kind of training, If somebody is an apprentice, the apprentice wage may well come in. This is £3.90 per hour, going up in April to £4.15. And those rates apply for the first year of an apprenticeship for everybody. And in the case of apprentices under the age of 25, they apply, those rates apply until such point as they as they attain the age of 25. However, I would say as somebody who has quite a bit of experience around apprenticeships, that if you want to get and retain the best people once you've decided that somebody is a good worker, it is only fair, as far as I'm concerned, to increase their wage to something that's more normal. If you have a good worker who isn't being fairly remunerated let's be clear there are alternatives out there for people and if people don't feel valued they will they will look. In the case of an apprentice who is under the age of 18 it is possible that there could be some extra top-up funding for your business That's a question to ask your apprenticeship provider. In terms of what people do, well, 20% of their time, or one day a week, if we're looking at a five day working week, one day a week would be day release, where they attend a training provider, some kind of a course, or indeed in some cases, a member of staff from the training provider could visit your premises and they do some off-the-job training. The other 80% of the time, or four days a week, people will be in your workplace or wherever you send them uh, and doing a mixture of doing the job or being shown, being informally trained in different things by colleagues. Obviously, if we are talking young people, then a lot of them are very intelligent, very capable. Let's not assume that they can run before they can walk. Let's not uh, expect them to do anything that's too complex or too challenging. Obviously, people do need to be shown things. They need to have the option of doing things themselves, maybe making a mistake you as the employer the business are vicariously liable for the actions of all of your apprentices and employees so if somebody does make a mistake that has consequences then do be aware of that in terms of the format uh, of the the off-the-job training there will be Depending on the subject, there will be quite a bit of theory where skills, behaviours, and competences are taught and honed. Depending on the topic, there will be usually some smaller modules that could well be accredited. For example, on the different accountancy apprenticeships, the apprentice studies different modules set by... The AAT, the Association of Accounting Technicians, and other bodies as well. There will also be what we call an endpoint assessment, often with accreditation from a relevant industry body. Now, looking at the list of industry bodies, you've got the Institution of Civil Engineers. You've got the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. The Society of Master Saddlers. And Bitham, the British Institute of Facilities Management, to name but a couple. So pros and cons of apprenticeships. Well, they are really good for non-levy paying businesses, as those businesses in the main would just be looking at that 5% co-investment. When are they not so good? Well, the business does need to think carefully of whether the day release option is acceptable to them. That is non-negotiable. You may want to compare the costs of the apprenticeship route with the alternatives if there is an alternative Uh, for example sending somebody on a course that you pay a full price for but that happens on a weekend that may work for some businesses and I would also add a note of caution in that a 12-month or 18-month apprenticeship is not necessarily the best thing for an apprentice who has some subject matter knowledge already. And that could either be, for example, somebody who did a targeted A-level in the same subject or somebody who has worked in that environment for a couple of years. Another advantage to businesses in the case of an apprentice under the age of 25 the business will not in general will not pay employers national insurance for that uh, for that employee the employee will still pay their employees national insurance but the business the employer does not uh, have to you would use national insurance category letter h but again do check that that is relevant to the specific circumstances. To answer another question that was asked of me on this topic, in law, you don't have to advertise a particular role. If you have somebody in mind for a role, an apprenticeship maybe, perhaps a member of your family or a a family friend, then there's nothing wrong in law just offering the position to that person unless your organization has a published policy where every vacancy every role will be advertised and obviously councils uh, NHS organizations uh, would have that kind of a policy. It's worth adding as well that a lot of people of my generation will have gone to university I am very happy to say that in my opinion undertaking an apprenticeship, starting work from age 18 or maybe even age 16 is a totally viable option and can lead to the same future opportunities in the professions as be afforded to somebody who has gone to university so perhaps you're a parent of a a young person who is considering whether to go to university or look at some kind of an apprenticeship then absolutely give the apprenticeship fair consideration in terms of the professional qualifications uh, so the accountant uh, solicitor type apprentices uh, it's very possible that one could be fully qualified as some kind of a chartered accountant by age 21, 22, uh, perhaps starting off with an apprenticeship uh, and then moving through to higher levels of uh, of study. But everybody is different. It's got to be a case of what is right for for that particular person obviously going to university is a lot of fun it's great for the social side of things the experience of living in halls so on and so forth that's about all i have to say this week if you'd like to contact me you can send an email to media at weeklyfd.com again i'm very interested in receiving your tips any suggestions you have that may be of interest to other listeners. I want to hear about your pain. What could I talk about for 10-15 minutes that would resonate with you and perhaps help you? Let me know. Over the course of the next few weeks, some topics I'm planning to cover include IR35, property investing, some points around inheritance uh, and some points around pensions. But as I say, let me know with any thoughts you have. I'm James Fairchild. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Goodbye.